0: Welcome back to Anchored and Always. I am excited to have my dad back on the show again today um, doing one of what I like to call our faith talks. And, um, you know, if you've listened to any of the previous episodes with interviews with my dad, we, we've covered last episode, we talked about how to anchor into Jesus in the storms of your life, really focusing on Hebrew 619 um, as as the theme verse for that episode. And so today I wanted uh, my dad to talk a little bit about anchoring into God's word and what that looks like. Um, So dad, welcome back to the show. I'm so happy to have you back on here. This is always a lot of fun, a treat for me um, to have this time with you. And I know it's a treat for, for the listeners too. So welcome back.
1: Thank you, honey. It's always uh, good to be back. And it's good for me, too, because I get to, even though the viewers don't see me and they don't see you, I get to see you and you get to see me. So I feel like it's a little uh, daddy-daughter time uh, together. So I, I always enjoy that. I always enjoy talking about the word to people. So, So I'm excited. Awesome. I'm, I'm excited and ready to go.
0: Yes, I know you love the word. And so I knew this topic was going to Uh, be hard for you to uh, narrow it down. Uh, But uh, I'm excited to hear what you have to say today. Um, And I also wanted to let you listeners know that if you have been listening to any of my previous episodes with my dad um, on there or today's episode, and you're really liking how he teaches and from the word. He just started his own YouTube channel where he's right now at this point doing weekly, um, broadcasts. And I will, um, post the link to that in the show notes. So you can follow him on YouTube and just um, stay updated once a week and catch those episodes and just dig a little bit deeper in the word with Pastor Mike Stanbaugh, my dad. So, um, with that, we'll go ahead and dig in for today. Um, so, Dad, the first thing that I wanted to kind of start with is you know, there are so many differing opinions um, right now in the world all around us, and really even among believers, um, the Christian community are, are on different sides on, on different topics. And so one thing that I wanted to focus is how how can we anchor into the truths of God, word, God's Word? How can we use the Bible to really help us anchor in on the truth of God's Word today?
1: Well, it's a good question, honey. Um, and there are tons of differing opinions and beliefs, even about the Word uh, and interpretation of it. Uh, let me answer that in two ways. I, I think, first of all, we have to discern between what I call essential truths and doctrines that cannot be compromised and to which there would be agreement among all conservative evangelicals. Uh, Discern that compared to differing distinctions of lesser doctrines, okay? Uh, Let me give you an example of, of, of what I mean. Uh, first of all, let me give you an example of what I would call essential doctrines, okay? Uh, truths that can't can't be compromised. For instance, the gospel. Uh, salvation by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone, uh, is an example of that. The inspiration of Scripture, its inerrancy, its infallibility, its authority, uh, the sufficiency of Scripture, um, the clarity of Scripture, all those things are very, very vital. The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, The second coming of Christ, the deity of Christ, his virgin birth, uh, substitutionary death, resurrection, ascension, uh, all and, and these aren't the whole list. There's more, but these are truths that cannot be compromised. I don't care what denomination you're from. I don't, I don't care what seminary you graduated from. I don't care what your leanings are doctrinally. These are essential doctrines and truths that are absolutely essential to genuine faith, So it would almost bring you to a point that if you question those doctrines or you didn't believe them, that there would probably be a great possibility you're not even a believer, okay? Uh, Those are just things that cannot be compromised. Um, Let me give you an example now of what I would call differing distinctions of doctrine, okay? That uh, they're not compromising of essential truth. Uh, For instance, I mentioned up above that one of the essential doctrines was uh, the second coming of Christ. But it's interesting that there are various views as to when Christ is coming. So, uh, you know, you've heard them. There are people who are pre-tribulation. They think a rapture is going to happen before tribulation. There are those who think it's going to happen in the middle tribulation and some at the end. So you have pre-tribulation mid and post-tribulation, and there's some that don't even believe in a tribulation um, kind of thing. Uh, The millennial, there are those who believe that Christ is going to set up a literal earthly kingdom on earth, uh, pre-millennial. Post-millennial is kind of where the church brings in the millennium, and amillennial means we're in the millennium right now, and there's no literal millennium, and there's no reign of Christ upon the earth. Now, heresy would not be in denying any one of those views. I have, I have very good friends who are mid-tribulationists, post-tribulationists, amillennialists. Um, I, I personally am a pre-trib and pre-millennial. Um, I have very good friends. I count them brothers, sisters in the faith, in Christ. Oh, we can have coffee together. We can do things together. We, we don't, you know, there's no argue We, don't, we just don't hassle about that. But though, there's one thing that they all have in common. They all believe that Jesus is literally returning, and Second Peter kind of tells us that if you deny that Christ is returning, that's the heresy. So, uh, that's an example of a of a distinctive doctrine that maybe somebody will hold that doesn't compromise your faith. Okay, it's simply a view that you've come to as you've gone through the Scripture, and there there's just some disagreement there. All right. Um, there's always going to be differences of interpretation in the Bible. They're, they're just, that that's just always going to happen. And that's, I, listen, um, you know, people really have a problem with that sometimes because they'll say, uh, you know, they'll say, well, um, why do we have all these different denominations? And why, if, you know, if, if the Bible's, true and the Bible's accurate. It seems like everybody comes to the same conclusion. But the truth of it is there's always going to be differences of interpretation because God has made it that way. That's an important thing to understand. God has made it that way. And here's what I mean by that. For a person to have a perfect interpretation of every part of the Bible would require that person to be perfect. And since none of us fall under that category, there will always be some differing views on different topics of the Bible. Uh, every interpreter of the Bible will have some measure of error or misunderstanding, and I think God allows that so we don't worship the person. You know, I've I've stood in front of a congregation and said to them, uh, you know, I, I think after further study, I, I've changed my view on this. Um, it, that's just part of studying the Bible. So, in, in one way um, of anchoring into the word and, and why there's so many different opinions and beliefs among people is because we have to discern between essential doctrinal truths and differing, distinctive, lesser doctrines. But more importantly is this last phrase of what your question was, how do we anchor into the truths of God's word? Because that's very important, and I'm going to tell you right now, that's way too much to cover today, Uh, way way too much, and so for those people who are listening, don't get scared and shut it off and say, my gosh, we're going to be here for three hours, you know, Um, it's not going to be that. It's way too much to cover. I I just want to say this about that. Uh, To anchor into the truths of God word involves a consistent pattern of reading, studying, memorizing and meditating on scripture and maybe most importantly is studying which i think today i personally think today is a lost art a lost discipline in the christian life you know it's interesting honey you can a person can read uh or memorize or meditate on the bible in 10 or 20 minutes I mean, you can read a passage in 10 minutes. You can memorize a verse in five minutes. uh, You can meditate on that verse the rest of the day. And that's all good. I'm not saying that's, that's not good. But I say you can do that. You can do that 10, 15, 20 minutes, half hour, the max, all right? But you can't do that with study. Study is work it's a process it, it's not achieved in 10 or 15 or 20 minutes and see most people don't do that and and when you ask them about that uh, the the answer that i tend to get the most about study is that people just say i don't have the time i don't have the time now um i want to be real careful not to not offend listeners on your podcast I, I don't care if i offend them on my podcast but i don't want to offend them on your podcast but i want to say this i and I'll, I'll just say it about myself i make time for what I value. We will make time for what we value. Uh, I love to play tennis, all right? I don't care how busy my day was. I could find a way to squeeze a tennis match into my day um, because I value that. I, I love doing that. So, so, we will make time for what we value, and I think that when people say, oh, "I just don't have time to study the word," it may say something about our values concerning the scripture. You know, Paul wrote to um, Timothy, Timothy was his uh, disciple, his protege. Um, and uh, Timothy, at the time when Paul wrote to him in first uh, and second Timothy were the epistles that Paul wrote to him specifically and Timothy was the pastor of the church at Ephesus, and uh, Paul wanted to write him, to instruct him about ways that he should pastor uh, the church and lead a church. So, in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, it's a familiar verse to many people. Paul said to Timothy this, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed Rightly handling the word of truth. Now, again, we could dissect that verse and it would take us a good hour to do that. But I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to do that. Let me make a couple introductory comments and get to the main part that I want to, want to highlight. Do your best comes from one Greek word and it means to give all diligence all your energy, all your effort. In other words, give your best diligence, your best energy, your best effort. Uh, so what he's saying here is that the handling of the Word of God properly is going to take time, it's going to take energy, and it's going to take effort. And our motivation is the approval of God. Our motivation isn't about getting a sermon or isn't about getting a devotional or isn't trying to just get something for ourselves. Our approval, up- Our motivation is always to be approved by God. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed when he's done. No need to be ashamed because this phrase, he rightly handles the word of truth. That little phrase, rightly handle the word of truth. Uh, Matter of fact, that little phrase rightly handle, is an interesting phrase in the Greek. It means to cut a straight line, to cut a straight line. It was used of uh, masonry. So like if you were a bricklayer and you were uh, laying bricks uh, on the front of a house, you would, you would put a plumb line all the way from one end of the house to the other, and you would make sure that every brick came out to that line so that when you look down the face of your house, every brick works together to make a straight line. Uh, it was used of a farmer plowing a field, uh, and the original plow uh, was to be a straight line. I, I remember when I was first learning to plow because I, I was raised on a farm, and uh, my granddad was teaching me how to plow. And, uh, and he said to me, he said, if you don't plow your first line straight, the whole field is crooked. And I think how perfectly that goes with what Paul's saying here. But I think Paul had something in mind too, because Paul was a tent maker by trade. And to cut a straight line, he, what a tent maker would do is they would cut an animal's hide straight so that when they put the pieces together to make the tent, they would fit perfectly. I mean, there's nothing worse than buying a tent that leaks because it doesn't fit perfectly. You got holes in different places where it should be. That's what proper interpretation of Scripture does. You, you're, you're cutting different passages and putting it together so that you can have a straight and accurate meaning of the Bible you you bring the passages of the Bible together uh, so that the meaning in one passage is not contradictory to the meaning in another passage because the Bible's a unity God is one he's not divided the Bible is his voice to us that voice is not divided and so this is this is huge and this is what study is all about. Uh, And you can't get that from just a casual reading or just from memorizing a verse here or memorizing a verse here, uh, there. That's where study comes in. And let let, let me tell you, honey, why, why, again, why I think this is so important. And I'll just make this statement. You cannot have the right application if you do not have the right meaning. Interpretation study of Scripture and interpreting the Bible gives to us the right meaning, and it is only out of the right meaning that you can have the right application. In other words, you're not going to live Scripture right if you learn Scripture wrong. Mm -hmm. So, the right meaning of Scripture is the foundation for the right application of Scripture in our life. You know, we know, we know James 1.22. Don't be just a hearer of the Word, but be a doer. But the doing comes from understanding the right meaning, and the problem today is this that I'm seeing in the church and seeing with so many Christians is everybody wants to start with application. Uh, the, the the big word today is relevance. They want everything to be relevant. They want the Bible to be relevant. So the very first thing they begin to do is you know you go know to the Scripture and you start looking for application. You're looking for ways to apply things to, to what's going on in your life. Uh, so they want to start with application and not start with meaning. And because of that, so many believers begin their Bible reading and begin their Bible study with the wrong question. And that wrong question is this, what does this mean to me? In other words, you're reading a passage of Scripture and you say, what does that mean to me? Now, again, not to be offensive on your program, uh, mine okay, I just say this, who cares? who cares what it means to you? Who cares what it means to me? Uh, You know, one thing I took care in is not getting up in front of the congregation at any time when I was teaching or or preaching and saying, well, here's, you know, here's what I think, and this is my opinion of what, who cares what my opinion is? When we do that, when we start with that question of, what does this mean to me? We make the Bible subjective. And that's why you have so many people who say, well, this is what it means to me. And someone will say, well, no, I don't think it means that. This, it means this to me. And all of a sudden you got a hundred different views because they started with application. It had to be relevant. This is what happens when we don't follow basic principles for studying God's word. The most important question in interpretation is not what does this mean to me? The most important question in Bible study and interpretation is, what does this mean? Period. In other words, what is God saying here? What does he want me to understand about what he has said? And then that's followed by a second question. And that second question is this, what did it mean to those to whom he originally wrote this? Uh, For instance, if you're reading the book of 1 Corinthians, you want to remember, yes, there are principles for us out of the the book of 1 Corinthians, but we want to remember that primarily the book of 1 Corinthians was written to a group of believers living in the city of Corinth at the time. So it is important for us to understand what the, where the city of Corinth was, and what was going on there, and what the culture was. and uh, it, you know, Or if you're reading the book of Philippians, you want to remember, yes, there's principles of God's word in there for you. They're eternal principles. Uh, so they are for us. But, but first, we need to understand how they would have received them, how they would have taken them, how they would have read them, because those truths in Philippians were written to a group of believers in the city of Philippi, and so on and so forth. And so the priority that we have to have in Bible study that helps us stay away from these multiplicity of opinions and beliefs about something is to answer the question, what does this mean? First, second, what does this mean to those to whom it was written? And finally, once we determine those things, then we can ask the question, what does this mean to me? Or how does the Holy Spirit want to use this in my life? That's the last question, not the first question. Uh, I hope that makes sense. But uh, And I think this is why we have so many different opinions, so many different views and beliefs. Is because we don't invest the quality and quantity of time that is needed for a thorough study of the Scripture. You know, the problem is, Katie, we live in a microwave society. I mean, that's just it. We want quick solutions to lifelong issues without having to spend the time and the effort to find out what God is saying about those things. And that is why, uh, as much as possible, uh, when I would preach, I always wanted people to know how I came to certain conclusions. How did I come to the conclusion? I wanted them to see the process so that they would learn the process uh, themselves. So, uh, I think that's the key uh, when you when you know when you ask the question about. Uh, um Uh, You know, why are there so many differing opinions and beliefs and how can we anchor into those truths? Uh, That's why it's because of the lack of study and proper interpretation of scripture. And the way we do that is learn how to study the word properly and dig into it. And again, we have to just say, I have to say to those listening, you may not like my answer, um, but the answer is the right answer, okay? Because it takes time. You can't come to those things without studying the word of God. And that takes time and effort and energy. So I kind of hope that's what you were looking for in that.
0: Yeah, dad, um, man, there's just so much um, that you said in there. I can definitely see how we could spend just, you know, hours talking about this topic. And um, some of the things that you said that really stuck out to me were, um the the microwave society and just everybody really wanting um a quick solution a quick fix and um like you know just to be able to check that box of i'm going to do my quiet time and just get it in and then that's enough you know and yeah. and yet they don't feel fulfilled it's not answering the deeper questions because they're not you know taking the time and like you said we will make time for what we value and that is so true if we really looked at our day you know what do we already make time for, um, every single day that we don't compromise, compromise, there are things that each of us do. And, and, and then where does studying God's word fall in line with that? And so really looking at our values in our life and what's really important to us. Uh, but also what I really liked was the, what you were saying with so many believers and and Christians arguing um, and and sharing like exactly what you said their opinions, and I think you know as believers when when we really take the time to study God's word and we're we're applying it correctly out of the correct interpretation, that really will reduce or eliminate a lot of these um, arguments amongst believers, where because those are based more on our opinions or how we are applying scripture to our lives possibly inaccurately, um, many of us. And so, and then we get on social media and we have this platform to, to where we can share that. And then other people will comment and theirs is a differing view. And we haven't taken the time to truly study God's word and, and dig down to what the real meaning of that word is. And then, like you said, applying it. So I think that's so important for you as a listener um, and for myself, just to make sure you have that order of really looking at when you're studying God's word, first of all, taking the time, but then looking at what does this mean? Not necessarily to me, like like my dad said, but what does the scripture mean? What did it mean to who it was written? And then lastly, looking at how does this apply and asking the Holy Spirit to, you know, how can I apply this to this truth, this foundational scriptural truth to my life? Um, so dad yeah, that was, there was so much in that. Um,
1: I just feel like, you know, if, if you get started in a pattern of Bible study, you begin to get so excited with the things that God teaches you. You just want to keep digging, you know, it's just like a, the Bible's like a gold mine and you just keep digging out these nuggets and digging out these truths. And it's just, it's very exciting.
0: I really love for myself the, um, and you and I have talked about it, the inductive Bible study method you know mm-hmm. to uh, and it's uh, similar to what you were you know you were sharing earlier in the episode where you were talking about like really digging into what does this mean um it really takes you through each book of the bible and who wrote it and you know, what, what, why did they write it at that time period? Who was it written for? Where were they? Um, and just kind of really studying um, the the word. And then you get to know a little bit more about, you know, that time period and why it was written. And then, like you said, the last part of the inductive Bible study method is really the application. And then dad, just in kind of closing um, today, with um, how would you encourage the listener to, you know, as we've kind of talked about anchoring into God's word, any practical, like closing thoughts or practical steps that they could start um, applying today?
1: Well, I, I, yeah, you know, I love the your little phrase there uh, in the, these times of uncertainty. <laughs> um, I, I got to be honest with you, I love these times of uncertainty. Uh, and and, and I, I love them because I believe they become the greatest motivation to anchor into the Word of God. Because His Word, Jesus said, His Word will not pass away. It endures any culture, any issues, any kind of oppositions. Heaven and earth, Jesus said, will pass away. My Word will not pass away. Last time I looked outside, heaven was still there and so was earth. So, that I mean, the Word of God is still relevant still there, still eternal, still solid, still that, which gives us stability in a very unstable society. You know, I I see people panicking about COVID. I see them panicking about the vaccine. I see them panicking about masks. I said, you know, and it's just like, you, you know, stabilize yourself with scripture. And those things won't be matter of fact. I I encourage people if you spend as much time listening to God talk as you listening listen to CNN or Fox News or some of these, I'm not saying be ignorant of what's going on, but I see people who spend so much time in this stuff and very little time listening to the sovereign controller of our universe. And if you listen to the sovereign controller of our universe. Uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, you will find out that there is nothing that's unstable and there's nothing that's out of control. And scripture brings that kind of stability to us. So that's that's the first time thing I think that's so important about the word of God that these days of uncertainty should drive us to the scripture. Um my challenge would be to people that says, just listen, find a consistent time and make it a priority. Um and begin by reading. Look, if you're not reading now, don't try to move to study because you're not going to do it. You're just not going to do it. Start with reading and become very consistent in reading and make it a priority. You know, I love Proverbs 3, 9, uh, and 10, where uh, Solomon said, honor the Lord with the first fruits of all of your wealth. Uh, And it was talking about that when you do that, you honor him with the first fruits. In other words, you give him the best. You give him the, the first. When you grew a crop, you didn't, you didn't eat the first tomato off your plant. You gave that to God. You, you just give him the first fruits. Um, and I think I, I'm, I might be playing a little bit with scripture here. Uh, I, I love the concept of giving God the first fruits of other things in our life. How about the first fruits of our time? Do we give to the Lord the best part of our day or the worst part of our day? Do, do and, and and by the way, the first fruits doesn't mean that you have to spend time with the Lord in the morning. Because in the Jewish day, the Jews day began the night before at 6 p.m. So, uh, as a matter of fact, when God created the heaven and the earth in Genesis, it said the evening and the morning were the first day. So, sometimes the day began in the evening. So, there's some people who are just, the better part of their day is at night. And there's some people the better part of their day is the morning. But that's me. I, I I'm I'm a, I'm am I'm zoned out by ten o'clock at night. Okay, but get me early in the morning, and I, my mind is fresh. I love it. I, it's quiet then. But make a consistent time. Make it a priority. Give God the the first fruits. There are. I know there are many demands on our lives, and especially. If I'm talking here to uh, young couples with children, and i know, you know you're running here, you're running there, you drop them off this place, dropping them off that place, picking them up, gotta, gotta be to this, gotta be to that. And you're going to have to carve out this time. I, I, and I would just encourage any young family that's listening, there's nothing wrong with carving out that time in the presence of your children. Let them see you make God and time with God a priority in your life, because guess what? Maybe they'll learn to do the same thing, and that will be a blessing to you. And then the last thing I'd say is is, uh, certainly work on memorizing Scripture so that you can meditate it throughout the day you know one of the key things about uh, memorizing the word of god is that that way you don't have to carry a bible with you you got it with it the whole time and you can you can meditate on it when you're driving you can meditate on it you know when you're uh when you're working in your house you can meditate in the off uh, meditate on the office Uh, you can just have this running dialogue with the lord all the time so that would be my my encouragement get started and be consistent um, and then, as you do that, you'll find a greater hunger for things, and you'll grow and develop that.
0: Awesome. Yes, thank you, Dad. i I have to agree with you too. Um, I do take personally great comfort um, in just focusing on the truths of God's word and not all of the uncertainty in the world. And like you said, when times in in my life, I'm just speaking personally here, when things have been out of my control, um that's when i actually seek him harder um because it's when i really realize my great need for him when i can't fix something and um or i can't understand or comprehend and maybe something that's happened in my life or um in someone i care about or just the world around me um that's when i realize um that i need i need him that he is sovereign and he does know the beginning and the end and I don't so I have to either choose to just turn away from him and and try to guess and wonder and that gives me anxiety but when I turn to him knowing and believing that that he does he is sovereign and he does have all things worked out he's not surprised by any of this that gives me really really great comfort and so if you're listening and you're in that same place of just feeling some anxiety right now about. Everything going on around you or in your personal life, um, just know that as you take some of these tips that my dad shared today and begin studying God's Word, that is going to be probably the best medication for your anxiety that you can find is growing in your relationship with Christ through studying His Word. Um, and so, I would I would hope that that I will hope that you would carve out that time for yourself. Um, So, Dad, thank you so much for just spending this time with us today. If you um, could just close us in prayer, um, prayer over the listener today, that would be wonderful.
1: You bet. Father, I do thank you for this time to be able to to share your word and your truths. And I'm thankful for those who are listening. Uh, Lord, uh, this message is obviously not for those who aren't listening. It's for those who have tuned in and listened, and I pray that they would be encouraged, strengthened, motivated, uh, excited to pick up the Bible, your word, your voice that you've given to us still for this day, still relevant, still uh, that which brings to us great stability, hope, confidence, joy. Uh, Lord, may we remember, above all things, that as believers in Jesus Christ, the resident author and teacher of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, dwells in us, and he will make those things known to us as we apply ourselves diligently to them. So encourage those who have listened today, um, Father, that your Word is truth, and uh, it will bring them joy and freedom. And, and fulfillment in life for your glory and for their good. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Hey friend, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.